you are live. Live. It's getting faster. I'm telling you, as we go live these last couple of weeks, <laughs> it started a lot easier than the first couple. I think probably because it's it's looking to see our our failure faster is what it is. Because you know, we, well, we do have one. That's I think that's the fastest to one. I is it Ducky? Had. Uh, it probably is Ducky. <laughs> who knows? Hey, actually, let me let me look at the comments. No, nobody there yet. So who knows? But we can't um, run the intro yet. No, until we not have... until we have at least three. And then as time goes on, you know, as we grow, we'll make it four. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna push the limit that way, huh? Right, let's take it. We have zero watchers now. Oh, somebody dumped out already. Yeah, already. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm gonna share the stream. Hang on, so we're gonna lose my light for a second. Uh oh, he's sharing streams. Oh, we got two people. All right, two people. All right, we, we've lost Nick's light for a second. So the two of you that are watching are seeing Nick in this blood red soaked looking thing. And oh, we got three, Nick. You got to hurry up, man. We got to do the intro. Hurry up. Uh -oh. Share the stream. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Share it. I'm Share sharing. it. I'm sharing. Sharing is caring. Let me know when it's shared. And then once it's shared, we're going to air we're the intro. Much, the fantastic air, intro. Which we're pretty much there. Okay. I mean, has anybody noticed that I change the pictures every time? <laughs> we talked about that last week. How I was yeah, saying but it was nobody. Like I, I thought we talked about that like after we were done or something. Did we actually talk about no, it when we were? No, we talked about it on the show with Adam. Yeah, but I don't think anybody actually pays attention to that. Well, somebody needs to pay attention. Damn right. I'm with you. All right. Now that you're getting your light back and we have not one, not two, not three, but four, five viewers. You know what time it is. It's time for the intro. Oh, uh, yeah. Are we back? <laughs> we are. Oh, just <laughs> trying to get a nap in. Really that was quickly. kind of a that was a hell of a prop there. Yes, it was on my desk. So <laughs> why it's on my desk? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I really don't have a good answer for that one. So welcome back, everybody, once again to another enthralling, exciting episode of. Oh, my mic's too hot. Covered to covered. So. Uh, this is episode number 13, which we're calling Record Store Day 2 Electric Boogaloo. And that's because we're going to be talking about releases that are coming out this Saturday for Record Store Day. And again, it is the second Record Store Day of the year where... Wow. Okay, Roger. Uh, <laughs> he said cough on that. Yeah, he was just like, ah, no, no Record Store Day for us. Uh, but this is number two of technically three record store days because they're not doing record store day on black friday well they've so, done that for a while it, it used to just be the april and black friday yeah. for like for a very long time and then when covid came then they started drop doing the drops in the summer yeah well i mean they didn't they didn't even do it was just april for the first couple they yeah. brought black friday on though it's probably been i want to say like 20 
2015, 2014. Yeah, it's not that long ago. Wait, it is. It's almost 10 years, dude. Yeah, shut up. I'm old. <laughs> Don't remind me of this. <laughs> so anyway, this is this is the second drop this year. And even, even with them, there being two drops, things got pushed out again. Yep. So we'll talk about that. We, we will also talk about a cover song, as usual, uh, that we like as much, if not better than the original. And boy, do I got a couple of this song sucks for you this week. Do so, you? Oh, yeah. It's going to make some people probably unhappy. Um, not necessarily because of the songs, but because of how much I'm going to trash them. So All right. <laughs> we're all we're, we're in for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll probably just disagree with you as always. So. No, I think this one you're going to agree with. Oh, oh, okay. Well, the odds are at uh, three to one right now. We're taking bets three to one. We got a bunch of comments. Let's see. Let's see. Is that a socks, Roger? Somebody can't spell sock. That's my Patty referred to us as Abbott and Costello. Well, she's kind of right, sort of, almost. And uh, yeah, I was wearing ball bags, jock straps. So, all right. First things first. Let's get this out of the way. I was in Facebook jail this week um for a day and only one day only one day and i and i couldn't post in groups and they all get pushed down for the next month because i'm a bad man so why was i in jail because all right i was in jail twice okay i was in jail twice this is the second time both times it's because of jeff henderson aka ball bag (laughs) And not that anything that he said or got me in trouble, but because I was, you know, ripping him a new one like I usually do. And uh, this time around, Princess Patty, who happens to be in the feed, uh, Jeff said something and compared her to some person. I don't know who it was. And it was not really that funny. So she gave him what for was like, I'm going to beat your ass. And of course, she did the right thing and spelled beat with an asterisk so that she couldn't get hit. And I'm like, yeah, punch him in the chins. And I spelled chins with a Z and instantly. I was thrown in Facebook jail. Wow. It was, it was within seconds of me posting that. It was just so like, I think the biggest question first off is, do you regret saying what you said? No, because it's very true. He should be punched in the chins. Um, you know, because he has multiple and you, you, you can't just hit one. You got to hit several of them. Um, second of all, uh, Jeff's just a douche. So, <laughs> you know oh my light fell Oh, the light fell so nick is you're coming to us from where the garage like no my my basement basement garage my basement which is very uh it's mood it's moody it's very moody and the other part of the basement has plenty of bright light but there's not enough room to lay out the mixer and all those records and my computer so i took a spot at this at the bar which is a good spot to be at. Yeah, if you're serving. But then I forgot that it's kind of dark over here. So my phone's working just fine, but it's directly into my eye. So by the end of this, I should have <laughs> I should have a like an eye infection or at least be losing part of my vision. Do you need sunglasses to complete the show? I need sunglasses because my future looks so bright. Oh my god. I'm like oh Corey God. Hart. I wear my sunglasses at night. Well, that would be you would take care of both of those with sunglasses right now because it's like nine oh eight your time. By the way, uh, first person who guesses the band that wrote "Gotta Wear Shades" or sang "Gotta Wear Shades" gets nothing. But I want to see if somebody <laughs> knows. Anyone? Anyone? Let's see. 
Oh, there's a little bit of a delay between what we say it's, and then what people write. I know you, what it is. You know what it is. But. And you just said it's 9.08 here, which yeah. it is. That's yeah. correct. And how about it's still like 95 degrees. There's a heat wave going on. And at one point today with the humidity and everything, it was like 107 degrees. <laughs> oh, Kiss, raise your glasses. No, uh, that's not the song or the band that wrote gotta wear shades but it is a terrible song uh, that could be featured on this song sucks oh that <laughs> that would be the pinnacle of this song sucks because <laughs> that song is god awful it's um, yeah it's not their finest moment but uh, you know no, what's certainly. even worse is uh you wanted the best which is the track just before raise your glasses I don't think that's no nah, i don't think that's worse i think it's okay. are you kidding me i think no it's okay. no read the lyrics dude that song is horrible i didn't say the lyrics were good i like the song though no I way also like you can't into the void well into the void's good but you yeah. can't you can't no no somebody that's got, a whole... somebody got most of the answer tim, tim buck. buck is mostly right you forgot something. It, it's not Timbuk2, it's Timbuk3. That's who did Gotta Wear Shades. Um, so anyway, great. So speaking of music and things we don't like, which, but again, you're wrong. You wanted the best is actually a good song. No, it's not. Uh, it is. But raise your glasses is better your glasses than you wanted rots. the best. Raise your glasses rots. It's what's so happening, bad. baby? Yeah, you, uh, whatever. I don't care about what's happening, baby. So... <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of things that you actually are listening to what's been on the what's been on the turntable this week so on the uh on the flight home from nam mm. i was looking for something that i hadn't listened to in a while and uh, i was going through my albums on my phone and everything and i came across a fantastic throwdown metal record that i haven't listened to in a very long time which is in tombs uh to ride straight and speak the truth or whatever i was getting i was getting out of order that record crushes from front to back still the classic wolverine blues lineup of entombed i think it came out in 97 so it's the last one with nick anderson before he went and focused on the helicopters full time that record crushes that and uh also another reliable classic highway to hell acdc been playing it a bunch i don't know why but i have been it's nice. fantastic well, you gotta play something right Right. I've been, uh, I bought, I, I, you know, I buy things just like anybody else that buys way too many things, you know, on, on vinyl. Like I'll buy things and just not open them and forget that I didn't open them. Yep. That's part of being a vinyl collector. Yeah, exactly. And, and this, uh, recently I was like, wow, how did I not open this? And I finally opened it. I, I've been listening to it since. And that's, uh, the band is Yob, Y O B. And uh, their album, the the unreal, uh, the unreal never lived. I believe that is the the right name for the album. What's their deal? Are yeah, they the kind of like Sun? Are they like that like kind of droney? No, they're like all right. They're 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 stoner rock. They're doom. Like it's big time. It's heavy, heavy like tune to cue, stoner rock. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean like they can't tune any lower. Like there's no way they could tune lower. Like they invented tunings. Like it's it's that low. Okay. Um, and uh, so they're but they're like full on like I think they're out of like Washington. Well, Portland. I'm sorry, they're out of Portland, Oregon. 
And um, Mike Scheid, who's the, the the singer, he actually just had diverticulitis, was in the hospital for like six months. Some crazy wow. Yeah, 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 a couple of years ago and almost died. And uh, now their sound kind of changed a little bit since he's been out. But it, they're like doomy. diverticulitis will do that to yeah, you. That'll do that to you. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're like doomy, super doomy. They are doom, doom and heavy as whatever F. you can think of. Yeah. It's they are stupid heavy. And the funny thing is, though, it's almost like doom metal if Dave Mustaine was the singer. Because okay, he's that's got like bizarre. a high, like a really high, like, yeah, you know, kind of like Mustaine kind of thing going on. But then he can growl like with the best of them. So it's like if you if you dig like high on fire and, and things Love like high that. high on fire. Yeah, you'll you'll dig. Yeah, they're they're a little more of a. Almost like a prog rocky kind of version of High on Fire, a little, a slightly more upbeat, but definitely as doomy. Okay, um, you know, uh, not as not as droney, though still droney because it is stoner rock. It is doom, you know, stoner doom metal. Right. So, uh, and of course, I just I have to mention that our our co-host uh, Roger is here, our assistant engineer, <laughs> uh, and he's been a bad boy this week. Um, well, he wasn't bad. I took him to the vet and, and he had never had his nails clipped before uh, while awake. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it can go very well because it sounds like he's tap dancing now. So I'm like, I got to get his nails clipped. And like he tried to bite the technician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. He's the sweetest dog. But like he just tried to bite people because like, yep. no, don't don't try to clip my nails. So, yeah, that was fun. Good times. But anyway, enough about that. Um so the, what else? I, I had a whole run of show, right? I wrote we were it. talking about what you're listening to. Yeah, we just did that. Are you listening to anything else? Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? I'm not listening to it. I'm watching it. Like the You new, guys the were series. all on that at dinner at Nam, and that was way over my head because I'm like, I haven't even seen like Return of the Jedi. So all the, you know, the side series and all that, I'm way out of my element on that. All right, so we know why you are a less and lesser human life form uh, because of that. It's, we can work on that. But the the new series is I'm trying to like it. And everybody's saying, oh, it's great. It's that. It's the best one yet. No, first of all, the best series that's come out of the Star Wars thing is Mandalorian. That's all right. Let's just call it what it is. Mandalorian is the best so far. I'm really trying to like this, but the acting is so abysmal from some of the main characters that I just cannot get into it. Like, I I don't even want to ruin it for anyone, but I mean, is it worth watching? Yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars. It's worth watching. You kind of have to watch it. Are you going to love it? I don't know. I don't think so. We need Scotty from the store on here for this one because he's as big into Star Wars as you are. And I'm pretty sure he's digging it. He's, he's I'm sure he loving probably it. is, uh, you know, there's parts of it that I totally dig, you know, but there are parts of it that just seem like, eh, what do I have in my collection to listen to? And I'll watch this later when I'm trying to go to sleep, like that kind of thing. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little disappointing from that end, but th- th- there's another like two or three, two episodes left. I think the last one, uh, fifth, number five was today. Number six is next week and then it's done. I'm- we'll see. I'm all on the uh, the offer, which is absolutely incredible. It's going to end this week, which sucks, but because you know they're out of story to tell. But it fantastic series about the making of the Godfather, and it's 
it's awesome i i need to see that so don't don't tell me anything about it godfather probably possibly the best movie ever made possibly. i would say so definitively top five you know it's like godfather citizen kane godfather 2 i don't think it's as good as the first one it's honestly. different you know it's different, different but it's but it's I, still amazing it's, it's still great but godfather 3 was the best <laughs> you'll never hear anyone tell you that things never coppola coppola has tried to redo that movie three or uh, four times and still can't make he's it got to cgi somebody in to take his daughter's place in that movie <laughs> that's the only way that that movie can improve absolutely or, yeah or if he just cut out all of her scenes except when she dies Oh, and you I'm just, ru- I hope everybody's, I'm, I'm sure, every, I hope everybody's seen the movie. No, if, you know what would ruin the movie for everyone? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to go, how was it this great? And then it, it ended with that. You have to ask yourself, right? It, who knows? Anyway. It's such a shame. It, it really is. And it incredible shame uh, at that. Um, so let's see. In the feed, we have uh, Gal McCartney back. Welcome back. Sorry. He, um, Gall McCartney would have been helpful on the uh, raise your glasses versus you wanted the best well, on which I one mean, was worse. Once in a while, we do agree on things, and but he's still like you know three degrees short of of you know having normal temperature um, <laughs> in in his life. Um, where the hell? Where did I put this damn run of show? Uh, it really doesn't matter because we're only talking about a few things here. Uh, and one of them is going to be what's coming out on record store day. That is a record store day dedicated release. And we're going to go through a few of them. Uh, I do have my list up and there's, uh, you know, it's great that I don't mind that there's more than one record store day. I think it kind of spaces things out as opposed to people having to like sell a car to buy everything that they (laughs) want all at once. Um, but it's good to have, I think it's good to have it spaced out because it kind of keeps things rolling along a bit. You know, it's like, all right, I got this. All right, what's the next one? What's the next one? And you're constantly building that, you know, enthusiasm. And I think record stores enjoy it because they get many people coming in many times over. So it's a great way to go visit uh, your local store uh, or online. But most of the time, these are things you'll get from your local store first because, most people are not releasing this online until after you're not allowed to that day. So, you're not yeah. allowed to. You can't put the stuff up until the the following day. The following so the, day. the idea is to if you want these releases, don't pay the eBay flipper prices. Yeah. Don't just go on Discogs and wait for flippers to put them there. Go visit your local store if you have the ability. Of course, there's people that don't. But yeah. if you have the ability, go to the record store and wait in line and get like the stuff you else. want. Like get, I do. Like I, well, I used to, I don't you, have now to. Now you anymore. have a record store. So. <laughs> but I used to, I spent a lot yeah. of years in those lines and, and it, that's all part of it. You know, you meet a lot of cool people and you hear what else you might, you might hear from other people, what release you might've missed that they're yeah. excited about. You know, it's, that's the idea of the event. And if you're listen, if you're not by a record store, there's plenty of them that participate. And the next day you can go on their websites and order these records at tag price. Do not pay eBay flipper prices. That's not what this is about. Yeah. And don't let those people win. If no, you ask me, don't let them win. <laughs> don't let them win. No. <sighs> you know what? It does remind me of the look uh, this, this Rogers bringing me socks. Um, 
it, what it reminds me of is like years ago, my parallel is, is, you know, sleeping out to buy tickets mm -hmm. you know, for concerts. That was a thing that we literally used to do. So it was, you know, there would be, especially the the bit, the best parallel is in, in Long Island, New York, there's a venue called Jones Beach Theater, and it's actually right on the water uh, Jones Beach, therefore the name Jones Beach Theater. Uh, and they would put their entire, like, summer schedule on sale at once. What could so, go wrong there? <laughs> everything. <laughs> Mainly, if you want to talk about flippers. So I can't say I wasn't one of them, but I did it a little bit different. Like, I would sleep out at the Ticketron, all right, that's where they were sold. It wasn't even Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster and Ticketron were two different companies, and they worked through Ticketron, and Ticketron had kiosks in malls, and there were like two or three operators that worked there, and they had no idea what they were doing most of the time. And so I would literally sleep out outside of a mall, like a full-fledged mall overnight with like 50 other people. And I'd be like number eight or 10 in line, and of course I'd be online to buy like, two tickets to go see David Lee Roth and that's it. So, you know, what I would do is I would sell spots essentially. I'd be like, "All right, look." And this is when this is when tickets were were like, you know, $25 a ticket and like service charge was like $5. Yeah. So, $30 a ticket roughly, right? Maybe even less. And I would just charge 10 bucks. I'll buy your tickets for you for 10 bucks. You don't got to wait in this line. So, I'd make like 800 bucks that's killer <laughs> you know when i'm like a senior in high school which was about a billion years ago so it was some serious money you know and, and that would be after after all my tickets were paid for i'd be going to like three or four shows but i'd buy all my own tickets first like all right i need these now i need this big list yeah right <laughs> and then afterwards it was like the pied piper like i'd walk out and there'd be like this sea of people following me and i'm like who bought the Santana tickets? That's me. Here you go. Who bought the Frank Sinatra? Uh, you, uh, here you go. And so, but that's kind of like what Record Store Day is like. Because staying on that line, like you said, you got to meet cool people. You got to talk music. You got to hang out. It was a good hang. It was a lot of fun. And I get to stores early. We have stores that open at 9 o'clock out here for Record Store Day. So I'm, I'm in line by 8 o'clock or whatever. It's not like it used to be where you need to be there at like you know, 4 a.m. waiting. You know? No, but there's stores around here, especially the ones that have been around for decades and decades that mm -hmm. you know are, of course, frequented by everybody, even including myself, even though you know we're in the same, the same business. Uh, th some of those people line up the night before. I mean, yep. like they're saying like you're surprised. Yeah, they're, they're sleeping on the ground outside like you're like you're saying about you did for the tickets but it's all part of the experience so i just i just hate hearing we the big thing in april of course that everybody wanted was the taylor swift seven inch which i still don't understand what Neither the mystique, do I. what the mystique was because not because i have anything against taylor swift but just because there wasn't really anything that special about it there was ten thousand oh. copies of them it was a seven inch that had a song that was already released on one of her albums and the demo version that was on the B side, I think was available digitally. So it wasn't like it was unreleased and uh, all the stores, including us did raffle to purchase. So you had to enter to, to win. And then basically if we drew your name, you had the ability to purchase it at tag price, which I think was, you know, 1299 or something. Yeah, yeah, nothing and crazy. the whole idea was so that all the flipper people didn't get it. And we had a, a family that came in the following week looking for a couple other records and they told us they had paid 350 dollars for that thing on ebay 
because they, you know, the, the daughter wanted it for her collection or whatever, wow. which I understand that. But it's like you, those are the people that are getting taken advantage of are the are the fans of these artists. And and I just don't like seeing it get supported. So if if you can help it, don't pay the flipper prices. Yeah, I'm I'm in an agreement. You know, I mean, uh, I can't say I haven't done it, but I'm not a big fan of it. And I also didn't do it on purpose. Right. You know, somebody would say, hey, man, can you pick me up a record while you're while you're there? Yeah. And I buy it and then like, oh, I actually don't need it. Like, thanks. Well, I didn't want it. Thank you. I'm not going to return it. So what do I do? And then I sell it. So it's not like I'm going out of my way to buy these just to make money on them. You know, yeah. like that was an inadvertent one. It was all right. You know, I mean, I make I'm not like I'm making millions of dollars. On, no, no. On these records, you know. But, you know, yeah, it was that, you know, I'm not going to go and try to do it on purpose. It's not cool. So, no. Anyway, so, all right, a little bit about Record Store Day. Again, this is number two of the year, and a lot of these were things that were supposed to come out in April and did not. Some were scheduled for now because of supply chain issues, and they knew they weren't going to get them till mid-year. And then some of those even got pushed back further. So before we get to that part of it, I want to explain a little bit about how these work. So... Some of these are CDs, some of these are LPs, some are multiple LPs. A lot of what I'm seeing here on this one is mainly LP. There's very few yes. CDs. Yes, it's mostly a, an, an actual record drop this time. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of different types of releases. And we talked about this last time. One is an RSD first. Now, Nick, what's an RSD first mean? So RSD first means it's going to be available for the first time on Record Store Day in this case, record store day two or drops as it's known. Yep. And then eventually it will be issued again, but there will be something different about it. So either the vinyl color will change or you may get a bonus in the uh, gatefold jacket or something like that. Or maybe it comes with a print inside or something. The next version won't have whatever is limited about this one. However, they're telling you ahead of time, this is, this will be released again. Great. Uh, and there are a lot of those in this particular in this particular drop. Uh, what's an RSD exclusive? So an RSD exclusive is it's only going to be available on record store day in the sense that it's not going to be reissued. They're not going to do another run of it. Um, and the idea is that it's only going to be available on the day when you go into the record stores. Obviously, sometimes people have copies left over, but that is going to be the only run of that release is the record store day version. And now there's there's a third, which one's uh, this one's a little bit more difficult to explain, but I know you'll do a great job of it. RSD regional. Yes. So these are usually small run uh, items where they're focused on a certain geographical area or limited to one country um i actually have a couple of those here that i'm going to show that are rsd regional titles which is strange that we even receive them because most of the time the quantity is so small that you, the allocation process most stores don't get them they end up at just a small handful of stores in yeah. whatever region they're focused on and those usually end up being the real hard to come by titles because you're talking quantities of anywhere from 500 copies to maybe let's say 3000 um no more than that usually most of the time though it's hanging right between 500 and 1500 so yeah looking at some of the regionals this time around uh like a proof of youth by the go team whoever that is um that's a run of 900 um yes. but uh, by the same token 
you know, uh, Miles Davis, what it is from Montreal, it's a live concert from Montreal from 83. Well, that's 10,000. Yep. And that's an RSD first. So that, that's where you're going to find the differences is in the, the, the amount of pressings and like Nick said, where it goes. Cause sometimes it might just be like, well, this is a Midwest band and, and they only do well in the Midwest. So we're just going to do a thousand for Midwest stores or whatever yep. it is. You know? And one thing I want to touch on too, Mike, like you just pointed out about the Miles Davis, it limited to 10,000. And I know some people will go 10,000. That's not that limited. You have, I think it's uh, at this point, just in the United States, there's about 1500 stores participating yep. in record store day. Now, obviously everybody doesn't order every title and there's all those variables, but when you're talking this many consumers and this many stores, 10,000 copies goes extremely fast. Yep. So that's why a lot of these titles do have an RSD first thing on it, because like that Miles concert, which is one of the ones I'm going to show, that's an unreleased show that his fan base has been looking forward to for a very long time. So they don't want to rob the people that end up, you know, their store doesn't get it, or maybe they were further back in line or whatever, that they don't miss out on the music because that's ultimately what this is about. So the idea is, is that, hey, if you missed it, you still have a chance to grab it. But I hear all the time people say, oh, 10,000 copies. That's 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 a ton. And it's like, it's not. It's really, it's really not when you consider how many people are trying to get it. Yep. And especially since it's an RSD first, it doesn't mean that this is going to be the only one of that either. Right. So, you know. Like it's really, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, anyway, so there's a wide array of different genres of music. Uh, there's some, there's some duets and mashup type things that are happening that I know you're going to talk about. Uh, some really interesting pieces that are coming out, some bands just to kind of highlight, uh, different bands that are coming out with something, this record store day collective soul, um, Dio, Peter Gabriel, the Reverend Billy Gibbons, Steve Hackett, formerly of of uh, of GTR, and Genesis, um, and Genesis. more importantly, Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember from GTR. Uh, you know, for me, Genesis is like any pop thing that Peter uh, that uh, what's his name, the drummer, uh, Phil Collins. Thank you, him. See, that's how much I care about Genesis. Yeah, uh, I'm I, I'm I get I get both sides of it. I used to be fully against it, but I do find myself if I'm going to listen to Genesis, it's usually like Abacab or something. Yeah, it's not the proggy Genesis. Um, and then also there's more popular uh, Pearl Jam, Prince. Uh, Keith Richards has a couple things coming out. Slash and the uh, with featuring Miles Kennedy and, and the conspirators. Supergrass. Super That's it. Yeah. There's a lot of marquee names on, on this drop. And for yep. this being kind of the, like you explained the, the supply chain issue record store day of these are the titles that didn't make it for April. I think there's a lot of standout titles on this. So it's not just a throwaway. It's not just an add on. No, this, this is great stuff coming out. I mean, Barry white, the Barry cover white. of the Barry White album, by the way, which I don't have uh, with me to, but it is hilarious. And look, that's that's limited to two thousand too. So yeah. that's a and that's an RSD exclusive. So that will be something uh, that'll be a collectible. So make a note, people, if you get in your store and you see the Barry White album, grab it. Um, and Wilco, they're coming out with a double CD. So that's one of like the three CD releases. It's so strange too, because Wilco is a huge vinyl band. So I was kind of surprised to see it was a CD release. And then my favorite 
uh, I don't know anything about this band at all, but I love their name, the Virgin Prunes, and they they have a 40th anniversary edition of their <laughs> album. Like I didn't even know they existed, but they have they're celebrating 40 years. And uh, let's see how many of that. Uh, uh, 1170. That's an RSD exclusive, limited to 1170. What's with the odd number? That's uh, very. Like, well, they the, could just Gerard do 1100 Way, or 1200. Yeah, like Gerard Way. I don't know who that is, but he has an album called Hesitant Alien, and that's coming out. It's an RSD exclusive, limited to 4725. It's just odd. Like, did you run it. out of like wax? when you were pressing it like ah no we're done we're out yeah you're done sorry so sorry sorry gerard you're 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 done for now but with all that said nick has some highlights for us once that we want to go through and uh let's start with the first ones you got my friend okay so the first one as we were just discussing is the miles davis what it is i'm trying to do my best to show it and you're showing it i'm showing a little it. lower a little lower though there you go. Put it right in front of your face. Don't talk about it, but just put it in front of your face. In fact, so, it's doing better than you. Of course it is. Oh, um, really, uh, recorded in 83, obviously in Montreal, mm. uh, features John Schofield on guitar, the legendary oh, wow. John Schofield. Okay. And even more so, uh, Daryl Jones, who's now the bassist for Rolling Stones and has been for almost 30 years at this point. He's the bass player on this record, as well Amazing as the bass player. legendary Bill Evans not the piano player the saxophonist there you go and in fact they even mention him as bill evans the other one on here <laughs> so which is great but um i mean you can't go wrong with miles his entire career he's one of those guys where always evolving kind of like the jazz david bowie or something where it was just like constantly didn't stay the same you know he did the he did the fusion stuff first of course the classic jazz like kind of blue and and uh, sketches of spain and records like that but his live shows are always something unique you always hear something different and he always expected excellence out of the band so you can never mm -hmm. go wrong with 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 miles and john schofield and daryl jones is enough to sell the record for me uh on its own and miles davis is still currently dead correct yes yeah it's been it's been a long time but yes he is still He's dead still still dead as is David Bowie, unfortunately. Yeah, but he died much more recently. But Miles Davis, I'm just double checking. He's currently an ex person. He is an ex person, yes. Okay, good. All right, good. <laughs> so for my metal friends, metal D Dio, double dose of Donington. And I'm sorry you guys are getting the reflection on this, but I have to have the light in my face. So this is a 12 inch picture disc. Uh, on the, on the first side, you get Stand Up and Shout, live from Donington in 83 with the classic Dio band. So Vivian Campbell, Jimmy Bain, Vinny Apice, the unstoppable Dio band. And then on the back side, which is a different picture here, has uh, Rock and Roll Children from Donington 87. So that's the Dream Evil band, uh, which I think had Craig Goldie. Uh, but yep. also still uh, Vinny Apice and I think still Jimmy Bain. So different guitar players, different approach. Uh, but these these Dio picture discs, they've been coming out for like the last 10 years for Record Store Day. They do a new one. The artwork always looks great. And this is an RSD exclusive. You mentioned the Miles Davis was an RSD first, but this is an RSD exclusive. So it's only going to be available the one time and it's limited to 2,700 copies. So this is this is going to go quick. 
Yeah, it's a real, real limited run. Real limited run. Yes, that is. It's extremely limited. Yep. Now, Mike, I pulled this one for you because I knew that this is an RSD first title, but I knew this was going to be one that you were going to want your want to get your hands on for sure before it was gone. You don't even want to wait till it gets reissued. Jerry Garcia acoustic band, oh, ragged I, but right. Hang on, I, I I need to do something here. Um, let's see, how do I mute? Yeah, I've now muted Nick because he has nothing good to say because he's talking about Jerry Garcia at the moment, and uh, you know, also currently dead. And it makes me very very happy to know that. All right, I'll bring you back. You're back. Okay. No. So this is recorded. 87 at the Warfield in San Francisco, originally released on CD in 2010. This is the first time it's coming to vinyl. Limited to 7,500 copies. This is not Jerry Garcia playing the dead. This is Jerry Garcia playing folk and bluegrass and stuff that actually shows off what an amazing uh, instrumentalist he was. Uh, great stuff and totally different from the Grateful Dead. So if you hate the Grateful Dead, you might still like this. So uh, just remember, guys, you know, if you're looking to purchase on the internet they don't allow that until the day after and there's only 7500 of these available and i guarantee on sunday 74.99 will still be available i think nick will that, be the only one purchasing that's completely that. wrong all right that'll be sold Goldfish out before the deal well. dude that'll be sold out before the deal it will not because i'm gonna go buy all the deal all 2700 guys yes i'm gonna start traveling the country and by the time I'm done, I'm just going to have a car filled with Dio albums that I will trade for gas. <laughs> I, don't, I won't be able to get home. I don't know if prices, the way prices are for gas right now, if you're going to be able to do that. Hey, three 12 inches for a couple of gallons, I'm in. Wait, I just said that, and that sounds really bad, and it's something <laughs> Jeff Henderson's going to key in on. I guarantee it. You asked for here. it. You asked so, for yeah, it. I set myself up. This Continue. is a, a very popular sought after release. It's a shaped gravestone picture disc of Hailstorm yep. back from the dead. That's um, awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, let me see if I can pull it out of the sleeve. Here. And this one's also uh, not many more than the Dio. It's only 2,800. 2,800 copies yeah. and stuff like this, which, you know, I know some folks find this very gimmicky, but I think it, it works with, with, uh, the, the, uh, song and everything, but really what I'm excited about, which I just learned by looking at the sleeve on the backside is a cover of long live rock by the who, by the who? one of the, one of the nice. who's greatest B sides long live rock. So you get a hailstorm cover of long live rock. If you're into hailstorm, that's pretty cool. But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, RSD exclusive release and uh, limited to 2,800 copies. Nice. What else this, you got? This is one I'm super stoked about because I'm a big Kinks fan. Kinks, Waterloo Sunset. It's a 12-inch EP uh, put together to celebrate the 55th anniversary of Waterloo Sunset coming out, which is one of the Kinks' best tunes. Um, all of the mixes on this are the original mono mixes. And uh, if you're a kinks fan, you know, about five years ago, they did a kinks in mono box set that sold out extremely quick. I believe Chris Bellman or Bernie Grudman did all the uh, cuts of that. So it sold out right away. It sounds great. So you get those versions on here and it is on yellow vinyl limited to 
3,150 copies. RSD wow. exclusive release. Um, we and again, a, we like I said, original from the audience, actually. We do. Okay. We, have a, we actually have an actual question. Okay. What's the rarest record out there? Well, we did an episode on that, sort of. We did, yeah. And it might be, I mean, it depends. You know, there was that one album by the Wu-Tang Clan where they made the one CD, mm -hmm. you know, um, that the idiot the kid pharma guy wound up buying and then wound up having to give up to pay restitution for bilking tons of senior citizens with the pricing of his pharmaceuticals jerk. Um, and then he went Absolutely. to jail too. Well-deserved. Um, so I, I, if anything, that would be the rarest album because I mean, they sold one for a million dollars. Yep. And then you actually had a, like, there was a contract that went along with it. And part of the contract was, if I remember correctly, that Wu-Tang Clan was allowed to try and pull off a caper to steal it back. <laughs> and you had to agree to that. You know, they wouldn't tell you when it would happen. I think it was like within a certain period of time, but they were allowed one opportunity to try to steal the album back from you. It's amazing. As part of, as part of, being, part of being the owner of that album. So my guess is that would probably be the rarest because literally there was only one made. Um, and it was in a box and this whole thing. But as far as, you know, collectible, we went through a whole bunch of those and, and, you know, Wait, the Jeff, black album. And... Let's go to Jeff again, who oh, is this? asking the same thing that he yeah. asked last week, trying Jeff to be Henderson funny. Jeff knows about eight words. And Everything he likes are by dead artists. I just showed yeah. the kinks though. None of those guys are dead. Yeah. None ah. of them. They're all slow. Shut up. That's the first one of the day. <laughs> that's pretty good we made well you had one before we went live you, you, you oh did. yeah that's right you're yeah. right you're right but uh raj come here buddy come on chill out boo boo all right nick is not 75 years old he's 65 years old so <laughs> for the it. record for the record i'm 31 for the record you're young yes and i am not well you're not you're you're not that much older than me I'm going to be 50 in six months. Yeah, but that's that's only 18 years. I could be Not, your father. I am your father. Looks 85. I want to see a picture of Jeff. Oh, he's in. Well, he was in the intro. He was? Oh, yeah. Did he you leave in, Macho Man in the intro? I don't remember if I left Macho Man in the intro, but Jeff was definitely in the intro with his chins. So lots of chins. I called it out, too, so because he got me in trouble with his freaking chins. So he's in there. Next uh, one I'm going to talk about, <laughs> which I don't actually have a copy of because it hasn't arrived yet, but it is yes. coming because we've been invoiced for Are it. And sure? everything. I'm almost positive. I guess I shouldn't count my chickens before they hatch, right? But yeah. um, this is, as we talked about, an RSD limited run regional title. And uh, I'm actually really surprised we're getting it. It's the Paul McCartney uh women and wives 12 inch single so that's got the track women and wives from paul's 2020 album mccartney three and then on the b side is the saint vincent remix version which came out on mccartney three reimagined but the thing with this is it's limited to three thousand for the entire world so if you go on the rsd website it doesn't even say how many I yeah. guess they were just, it was indeterminate at the time, you know, but, but you're going, I mean, you're talking, those are probably split between the UK, of course. And yeah, 
and the U.S. So if you see one of these, snatch it up because they're 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 not going to be around long. Nope. Um, it doesn't say anything specific about if it's a certain vinyl color or what the deal is, but anybody that's been following Record Store Day knows that anytime McCartney puts something out for RSD, there's always something special about it, and it's usually a surprise. So I can't stress enough. If you see one and you're a McCartney fan, of course, pick it up because it won't be there forever. I just had to remind Jeff that this is not a dating site. What did he say now? He said, I'm six, seven. And... Oh, Nick left. Nick pushed the wrong button. Holy cow. Nick ejected himself. I had nothing to do with that. Ladies and gentlemen, he just said, I'm out. Oh, wait. And now he's back. What'd you do? I don't know. I went over to grab the notes off my, uh, about the RST titles. And all of a sudden it was gone. Yeah. Well, either way, Jeff is Jeff is not on a dating site, um, you know, so there's that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I want to I want to definitely grab that Paul McCartney one, too, maybe because I have a slight crush on St. Vincent. Maybe her guitars are pretty sweet. You know, I just I at first when St. Vincent, when I first heard of St. Vincent, I'm like, nah. And then I started actually listening to her. <laughs> Like, yeah. And then I saw her. I was like, double yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's funny as all get out. I mean, there's that that false movie that she did, you know, like about a fake rock star and all that. It's her, but it's not her. She's got a uh, really good sense of humor. Yeah, totally. And and I just I just dig what she does. I think she's really inventive and definitely one of the more underrated modern artists like they, she doesn't get enough credit she kind of like i kind of put her in like almost something like the pj harvey sort of category yeah. where like really great but not getting their due and probably because she's a woman right you know which is a shame uh and because she's really really good and a, and a great guitar player not a conventional guitar she no can, unique style completely very unique I mean, she's a Berkeley grad. I mean, you know, she obviously knows her stuff. So um, it's just very different, you know. Um, so anyway, that's if I had a recommendation is check out St. Vincent. I mean, just what she does is amazing. And then, you know, what really sold me on her was when she uh, played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and did uh, Lithium with uh -huh. Nirvana. And she sold it really well. I thought she did a great job with it. So. I mean, to me, if Paul McCartney's going to share a release with you, that right. probably says everything it needs to say, right? And, right. You know, and uh, real quick, I just want to touch on, like I was saying about the stuff McCartney's put out on previous record store days. There was one a couple years ago that it only went to like, I think, 10 stores. And one of the stores it went to was uh, Dearborn Music here, which is uh, has been an institution for vinyl and CDs. And they're, they're good friends of ours. And, uh, they had to sign an agreement that said that they wouldn't hang on to it. It had to go in the bins. They were able to hide it. So they have to, you know, make somebody look for it, but they had to sell it. They couldn't keep it. And it was a test pressing of something by wings and it was signed by McCartney. Wow. So they handpicked the 10 stores it went to. And yeah, I mean, what a, what a, what an amazing thing to, to, to be able to find. And somebody went through like every record and they found it like in the Christmas records or something. <laughs> 
So yeah. Man, we can't keep it. <laughs> I would have kept it. I would have risked that I lose record store day. Just I would have so called could... my mom and been like, listen, I need you to go shopping and somehow buy me this record that's in my own store. Yep. <laughs> would have been somewhere. Yeah. It's somewhere. I can't tell you where. Christmas. But you know, if you Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kudos to them though. You know, I mean that what a, what an honor to get something like that. Oh, no doubt. That's amazing. That's amazing. Next, so thing, what else you got? This is the one I know a ton of people have been excited about. I'm not a huge fan, but I know tons of people are. Pearl Jam live on two legs. This is an RSD first release. Yep. Two LP set, but as I mentioned earlier, even if it's an RSD first, there there's something special about this version so what's special about this version is it comes on crystal clear vinyl in a double gatefold package so um this was recorded in 98 or released in 98 recorded on their yield tour it's got all the pearl jam classics on it even flow better man black all that stuff um but i know tons of people have been looking forward to this coming out i know it was a big release when it came out originally and it has not been available since i don't know if this is the first time on vinyl but i'm going to assume that it is just from how people are reacting i think i honestly think it is because it's from 98 i don't think there any if anything there was maybe some promo presses but 98 right. that was about the time that everything was cd like they were very yes. or at least us wise it might be something from europe but not that i'm aware of Scotty, our our manager at Rock City, he he's worked in record stores for a very long time, and he was just telling me about when Pearl Jam put uh, Vitology out. Um, it came out on LP first. Yep, like on I purpose. bought it on LP first there, before there you go. the CD. Yeah, there you go. They purposely put the record out like a week yep. or two weeks early. He was saying, and people were pissed because they were huge at the time what was that yeah. 94 95 something like that and they, yeah right they, around then yeah they were massive and people were like i don't have a turntable and of course he he was telling me that they had copies of that for like 15.99 sitting for years yeah. and of course now an original press of that record's you know three four hundred dollars so it's it's funny to think about in that sense but pearl jam's always been a pretty pro vinyl band so yep. i wouldn't be shocked if this has come out before but i know it's been very hard to obtain if if it has come out they have a song called spin the black circle right i mean come on you're vinyl fans for sure 100 yeah, exactly exactly uh what else next one speaking of promo only copies this has been another one people are excited about oh, prince yeah. the gold experience you talked about this a couple of weeks ago right yes yes so this is one of the first well not one of this is the first album prince released where he wasn't called prince he was just the symbol yeah which people didn't understand at the time and I, it's still a little kooky still a little prince but uh this is an extremely rare record in fact i'm going to announce here we're putting out on record store day in in our store an original first pressing of this record from 95 wow and it's priced at about 500 dollars because it's that rare do you have two of them i don't oh i would i would buy if you had two i would have bought two but you only have one i can't I only, buy it if it's only one i only have one this hey, we got a, a a pause really quick we actually have another question okay Nick, Nick, what's, what's the, the most money you've spent on a single album? Oh, God. I don't know if I want to admit that on here. Um, let me think. I'm trying to rank. 
I think the most I've spent on something was like I think 350. What was it? Original pressing of The Rising by Bruce Springsteen. So you wasted 350 bucks. <laughs> well, it ended up getting reissued, but it doesn't sound as good. But that you, we talk about all the time, Mike, about records that came out when vinyl was not happening. That record came out yep. in 2002. Yep. So th- you never, you never saw that record. And I actually got it at at Amoeba in Hollywood. Oh wow! Uh, on one of the Nam trips, I walked in there and I saw it on the wall, and I thought, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> I I have to get that. And then not bar- far behind that was uh Cream of the Crap Volume 2 uh helicopters. And I think that was about 200 bucks. Yeah, I don't have I mean, I guess the most I ever spent was about was about 300. But it was on a box set. So I don't know if that really counts. No, see that that's what I'm saying. I've spent more than that on box sets, but I mean, you get multiple records in that. Like yeah. the Beatles mono set I think was about 400 bucks, but yeah. that's, you know, I'd spend that five times over to get that set. It's, it's, it's great. But uh, that's from what I can remember. I think that's the most I've ever spent because I, I went back and forth on if I was going to spend that money in cart. And he was like, well, when are you going to find another one? And he was right. I still haven't yeah, seen the original true. pressing ever again. And that's the one thing that like, why we are sick people because like, we're not going to see another one. And we're like, we're our own worst salespeople to ourselves. Like, I don't have, I got like $4. And like half a gallon of gas, I got to drive like 600 miles, but I don't know if I'm going to see this album again. (laughs) So I need it. That's what we do. And you and I, for what we do for work should know better. Yeah. (laughs) But that it doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter. You know, we both work in music in one way or another. It doesn't stop us from doing that. It doesn't stop me from buying guitar. Well, actually it has. I've actually had to stop guitars, like buying guitars, like on a whim, like, Oh God, I don't know if I'm going to see that one again. Oh, I better buy it. Like next thing you know, you got a, like an apartment filled of guitars and you can't walk like, Oh, put uh, up uh, Jeff's statement of what he just said, because I want to yeah, touch on this. Yeah, we, all right. So this is this, we need to put this up very important because we want to tell you what not to do. <laughs> no, very actually important where not to spend your money. I want to touch on this because hardline double eclipse is nearly impossible to find because trust me, I've looked (laughs) and that's amazing. I can't believe you actually have a copy and then warrant dog eat dog. We have a copy of that going out for record store day as well. Nice. Again, these are albums that weren't, didn't have many presses and those that did, they're gone now and just really hard to find. And they're also, you know, not uh, less warrant more about hardline. There's a more select group of fans. So they're just less of them in general. And those fans are rabid fans and they want to collect those albums. So they're willing to pay, you know, this much for, for a double eclipse or for a doggy doggy dog. I know is super rare to find. Yep. Um, So, you know, cherry goes for about one fifty to one eighty, but doggy dog, forget it. That was the album came afterwards. Gall McCartney would probably pay $500 for a copy of Hardline Double Eclipse. You hear that, Jeff? You could sell it to Gall McCartney. I promise you. So the Prince record, what's special about this, the RSD version, what, what's, what's different from an OG press is the artwork that they have here is taken from 
the original promo copies. So you've got a plain sleeve with the symbol and it just says the gold experience. So the idea was to play the record, to understand who it was and what it was and, and all of that. So the ones that ended up coming out, if you find an OG copy kind of has prints in the background, so you could tell who it was, so it would sell. But these are the copies that went to radio stations and things like that. And it's also pressed on translucent gold vinyl. So this is an RSD first release, but again, when it gets re-released, whenever that is, it probably will be on traditional black vinyl. And I'm thinking they'll probably reissue it with the regular cover. Now, so if you're a, Prince, a little bit of a bigger release though, that and the Pearl Jam for that matter, yes. but considering their fan bases are larger, y- y- these may fly out f- fast as well. Like the, the, the Pearl Jam is a little bit over 20,000 copies as an rsd first the the prince is a little bit more than twenty four thousand. it's 24 150 but nick like you said i mean like these are gonna go fast they yeah. always do well again you know do the math 1500 stores you know they're all ordering you know five to ten to twenty copies of this prince title so yep. they're gonna get eaten up yep 100 uh, it's not gonna be easy to find nope what else you got Okay, so this is another regional release that I wanted to spotlight. This is definitely a Detroit classic, but uh, it's picked up cult following over the years. The self-titled Rationals record. So the Rationals were kind of a garage rock band in the late 60s around here. Played the legendary Grandy Ballroom with Cream and Hendrix and I think Zeppelin, The Who. I mean, they were kind of the go-to band in Detroit, other than the MC5, of course, and the Stooges, but they were in that scene with those guys and uh, featured Scott Morgan on lead vocals, who went on to form Sonic Rendezvous Band with Fred Sonic Smith from the MC5 and then the High Dramatics with Nick Anderson from the Helicopters. This has got a soul vibe to it, too, and the version of Respect on here is very similar to the Aretha Franklin version, um, same tune and everything. And th- th- it was a hit here first before the Aretha version. So this is a really cool historical Detroit release. It's limited to 1,200 copies. And it's also being uh, released by a Detroit-based label called uh, Prudential Music Group. And uh, you got a number jacket up here. So it's gold stamp. This is number 754 out of 1,200. It, it was says 1,200 because on the site it says 1,000. I was going to make that con- correction. Yes, on the site it says 1,000, but it is 1,200 according to the jacket. Okay. So um, according to the jacket, it's 1,200. But it was also pressed at Third Man, uh, Jack oh, wow. White's okay. place. So pressed right at the, uh, no, no, they that's in Detroit. The pressing plant is in Detroit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, so it was pressed here, and it's on orange and yellow splatter. So this is a super Detroit-heavy release. But uh, again, a regional focus, but if you see it out there, this is a great record and uh, original presses of it are a lot of money. So this is a great affordable way to pick up a Detroit classic. And there's been a lot of love put into it. So kudos to uh, Prudential for putting this out. How many more you got to show us there, Nick? Just uh, I got two more. Okay. So this is another Prudential release, but this is uh, this is a more national release. So you'll probably see this at your stores, Mike. Sweet Platinum Rare Volume 2. So Prudential put Volume 1 out a couple years ago. And uh, some fantastic artwork on here, if you're a Sweet fan. 
Um, but this is a two LP set. It's got all kinds of demos and rare tracks on it. The first one was kick-ass. Um, people have been foaming at the mouth for the second one. So this one's finally coming out, this RSD. I think it was about, it could have even been five years ago at this point that Volume 1 came out. I know it's been a few years. Um, but demos of Fox on the Run, Action, Love is Like Oxygen, plus some lesser-known songs. Sweet, a highly underrated band, highly underappreciated. Desolation Boulevard, one of the best records of all time. Um, this is limited to 2,500 copies, and again, coming out from Prudential Music Group, who's right here out of Detroit. So got to give them kudos. Yeah, again, that is an RSD exclusive. So after those 2,500, there will be no more. Yep, and the first one sold out. I mean, that day of, you couldn't touch a copy oh, yeah. of it for, for under 150 bucks. So if you're a sweet fan, don't sleep on that one. My last one I wanted to show, Mike, you, you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, uh, I love the black exploitation soundtracks and specifically Superfly. So this is a great release coming out for this RSD. The Young Holt Unlimited plays Superfly. So these guys used to play with Ramsey Lewis trio and in the seventies, they were putting records out like this. They did a shaft one as well, where they kind of somehow got funkier with these tunes and uh, made them a little bit more jammy. But like I said, more funky, a lot of the standout tracks from Superfly are on here, like pusher man. And of course the title track, Superman or Superfly, <laughs> not Superman, uh, Freddie's dead. They do that on here. I haven't heard this particular release, but I was really excited to see it show up in the box today. I actually didn't even realize this was coming out instantly just by the artwork. I'm like, oh, what is this? I got to get this. Yeah, yeah. Um, pressed on mellow yellow vinyl, limited to 2,000 <laughs> <that>. copies. <laughs> yeah, this. so if you're into funk stuff, I promise you, you can't go wrong with this. And uh, I know a lot of DJs and um, guys that, you know, guys like that use it for samples. A lot of their records are used for samples, so you can't go wrong with this stuff. And plus, they look super badass on the cover. And then, uh, is that was that the last one? That was the last one. I had a couple okay. honorable mentions that I don't have to show, but you already yeah, touched me, on I'll, them. I'll touch on a couple of them. Uh, one that's sort of like, eh, sort of a throwaway, but it's cool if you're into them and if you need to, you know, collect it for your collection. The Who. Uh, yep. It's hard. 40th anniversary. That's an RSD first. 6,000 copies of that are coming out. You know, if you really want to hear Athena over and over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm getting that. But let, and another thing about that release is uh, that's another release in the Abbey Road Half Speed Master series, mm -hmm. which comes with the cert certificate signed by Miles Shoal. And um, the packaging's always good. One thing to know about those Who releases, because they're starting to work from the back catalog now. The RSD stuff they did, uh, they did uh, face dances. Now they're doing it's hard. They did do um, odds and sods as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, but now they're starting to do my generation, the Who sell out, etc. Those are all mastered from digital files. They're not coming off the original analog tapes. So, for the purists out there. They don't sound bad, but they're not analog cuts. Yeah. And then also for me personally, I've been waiting for this to come out for the longest time. And then it got pushed back because it was supposed to be out in April. And that's Voivod with their classic album, Nothing Face. I'm 
so happy it's finally coming out. So yes, I and I have I had copies in my hand, so I, I you're covered. I know. I saw. I, thank you, and I saw you posted on Facebook too. I'm like, yes, he has them. Awesome sauce. <laughs> uh, so those those are my two that I'm you know like I just want to kind of call out there. And then there's there's a bunch of other artists that are doing things like you know Warrior Soul has something coming out if you're into Warrior Soul. Uh, Mike Watt and Larry Mullins. They did a, a seven inch. There's always some seven inches that come out on, on record store day that are short runs. Like that one's a, a really limited run. It's uh, 750 pieces. Yeah. The that'll Warrior be gone. Soul is it, that's also on Prudential music group. Oh, there uh, you go. That's 500 pieces. So again, another regional, very small thing. Hang on one second. Stop it. Thank you. I don't think that'll ever not be funny. It's always funny. It's always funny. Uh, we have a question. Let's see. What does an Iron Butterfly record go for? Okay, first first question is which one? Exactly. That's is it in Agata Davida? Is it heavy? Is it Iron Butterfly live? And the if, answer is probably in Agata Davida. Let's go. Let's say in Agata Davida. Now we have to break that down. Because this is where knowledge comes in. It's not just about having that album. It's what pressing of that album. It's what year did it come out. It's what, you know, uh, uh, what country <laughs> does it come from? Is it from? the mono or the stereo if it's is in it a the God mono or stereo? Yeah, exactly. So all of those things play into it. If it's like a mono USA first press, you're probably going to, it's probably worth a bit more. Yep. Um, you know, whereas the stereo versions were widespread and there are tons of them because you also got to remember there were no cassettes. It was just records. Yep. So that's why, you know, there was a lot of those back in the day. And it's one. Of, I mean, it's one of the defining popular, records yeah. of the late 60s. I mean, that's yep. like that's always what people point to. Right. For like bloated, long winded prog jam is in Agata Davida. Until the Slayer Simpsons did, it. did it. The Simpsons did it. <laughs> and yes, Slayer covered it on the Less Than Zero soundtrack, which I brought up a few weeks ago. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the, the answer is can't say. And also condition plays a huge part in it. And not just the condition of the record, but the condition of the, of the, the, the sleeve itself. Is it all original? Does it have any splits? What do the corners look like? Yada, yada, yep. yada, yada. All this plays into it. So... I don't think that we can hazard a guess. I mean, could it be somewhere between five and twenty dollars? Yeah, that 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 probably be, you know, maybe as much as fifty if it's pristine, you know. But there's a lot of those records out there. <laughs> a yeah. lot of those records. Speaking of things that are out there, I talked to you about this earlier this week, and it just blew my mind that George Harrison's "All Things Must Pass," the Uber box set, which comes in a wooden crate. It, and has not one but two different books and it's eight, eight records five and cds and a blu-ray and a partridge in a pear tree i mean you this get thing, you get garden gnomes with it yeah you actually get full-size garden gnomes with it and a full-size garden gnome version of george harrison yep so you can um, recreate the cover i had to talk yeah. myself out of it i was gonna go for it because that's one of my favorite records of all time and then i just thought where the fuck am i going to put this well it's on sale <laughs> there's been a discount it came down from 999 dollars 
to $799. So it's 20% off. So if you want to save yourself $200 and spend $800, I could, I, I could have gotten it for less than that. Well, because you work f- with distributors, but you know, I'm talking well, that's, about the, the average person. That's why I was trying to, that's why I was weighing my options. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's still, you know, it still doesn't hold a candle to how much kiss was charging for Kisteria. Well, that came in a road case. Yeah, it came in a road case, but it still wasn't as big as... And you got as, to meet Gene. No, you didn't. That was the vault. That was oh, two that was separate the vault. things. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. No, no, the the, the Kiss Stereo, th- which, by the way, I have, because I'm a glutton for punishment. What so was it, of course like 1800 bucks or something like that? That's what they were originally asking for. Yeah. It. I got it when they dropped it down on sale. I picked it up, and now it's like 5Gs for one. You know, Nick, it's unbelievable that we did not sell all of them from the outset. We had planned as KISS to sell 4 billion versions of Kisteria, but we stopped making them at around, oh, I don't know, 10. <laughs> and we said... Well, people were buying those and they were they were cracking them open and they were just selling the exclusives out of yeah, there. Because and they're still doing it. Yeah, because you remember they were doing they the, the regular LPs came out to regular market, which yeah. I which of course at the time I was pointing at how hilarious it was that at the time Kiss was charging more tag price for every everything than every other artist. So like a single LP, the list was twenty nine ninety nine, and a double it was forty nine ninety nine. When everybody else was like twenty two ninety nine and thirty four ninety nine. But the difference between us and everybody else is we are kiss and kiss stands for things that start with k and i and s and s and we don't leave off the last s for savings we give you two s's at the end of kiss because we wanted to have you spend your money and felt like we were providing value (laughs) it's uh, it's a great set but I mean, I'm just saying you're slagging on the George Harrison set and you actually probably get more stuff in the George Harrison one. You You get lawn gnomes. You get lawn gnomes. But I mean, that's one of the most iconic album covers ever. Come on. Don't don't be hating. I'm not hating. It's a thousand dollars for the box set. Well, not anymore. Now it's seven ninety nine. Oh yeah, seven ninety nine. So big, big. Well, and, big. and watch it, when that thing is gone. All then it'll be twenty five hundred bucks, and people right, will be paying it. Get me to people. Them. People will pay it. <laughs> just saying. And then also, I don't know if you saw this. I just went on the mobile fidelity site not that long ago, meaning earlier today, just to kind of peek around and see where those Van Halen forty five RPM ones are coming out, just so yep. I can blow my money on that. Uh, so I can turn over an album every two songs. Uh, and Michael Jackson's Thriller is coming out on MoFi on, on one fidelity. step. One step. It's a 33 RPM, so you don't have to flip the album every 10 seconds. But uh, <laughs> I love it, though. It's like limited to 40,000 numbered copies. I'm like, that's not severely limited. <laughs> no, and especially for MoFi. I mean, you're talking about a company that's usually doing 3,000 up to 8,000 copies of an album, yeah. depending on what it is. But they usually sit around 3,000 in their super vinyl series. And then the one steps, I think, are up to like 7,500 or 8,500 copies now. So 
that's usually where it taps out. But obviously, Thriller, it's the, you know, it's the biggest selling record ever. So, yeah. and I, and you know, I think, I think what they're using it as, this is just me guessing, but I think Mobile Fidelity is trying to use that title as a way to get people into audiophile vinyl because Thriller sense. is a record that's yeah. going to sell, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. But I mean, it's 40,000 and it's still a hundred bucks. Yep. So, you know, it's $4 million, you know, right there. You got to wonder though, what's the licensing cost on Thriller? Probably 3.9 million. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's just like, I get, I, I was shocked by that too. I know that ca- caused a lot of controversy in the audio file world of like 40,000 copies. How can they even do that on a one step because of the stamper plates? And I mean, there's so many variables that go into it, but they're mobile fidelity. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be putting their name on garbage. That's for sure. So, but yeah, I mean, you got to figure they, they, they have to go through so X amount of plates. Like they probably have to change them out ridiculous yeah. amounts of time to keep the fidelity i would think every thousand at, yeah. at most so that eats up all they're probably losing money on this when you think about it after licensing and everything else well they're in such a race now between them and analog productions chad over there is doing he's doing a great job he's doing amazing stuff over there so you know it's for a long time it's really been the mofi game and then it yeah. was classic records and chad absorbed that and he's got analog just just killing and there's a huge rumor which i kind of believe and i hope is true that um analog productions is going to do a uhqr of dark side of the moon for the 50th anniversary Ooh, and then so they're good and they're also supposedly going to do the first five led zeppelin records so oh, wow if that's okay. the case i mean you're talking these are going to be the definitive versions of these records yep. so uh, masters yep yep sign me up I'm, re- I'm, I'm in I'm for ready. Those, that's for yeah. sure. We'll talk about that in a subsequent episode on Covered yeah. to Covered. Yes. Well, I think that's good on all that. We just recapped a whole bunch of Record Store Day releases and then bitched about a couple other things. Uh, but it is time. We move on. We move on from this and we move on to the last two segments of the show. We're leaving the best for last, of course, because this is where we start throwing punches. But straight up is the reason why this show is cover called Covered to Covered. And that is the segment called Discovered, where we discuss a cover song that we like as much or more than the original. And uh, last week we had a special guest. Uh, so he threw in uh, his hat in the ring. Uh, so he went first. But I'm going to let you go first this time because I think uh, you should. All right. So I went with, I, I think this is kind of a deep cut. I don't think most people realize this exists. Um, Leslie West, the late, great Leslie West of Mountain, uh, highly underrated guitar player. Great guitar player. Amazing guitar player. Best Amazing guitar tone. Yep, yep, exactly. The P90 tone, he defined it, if you ask me. 100%. Um, his first record is called Mountain. So it's not a Mountain album even though I think the guys from mountain played on it, but they weren't called mountain yet. They didn't called mountain until Woodstock, I guess. So it's technically a Leslie West solo album, but there's a fantastic cover of the bands, this wheels on fire, which was of course written by Bob Dylan, um, turned it on its head completely. It's a throwdown, heavy rock jam, amazing vocals from Leslie West, killer guitar solo that it's, it, you know, 
if if you want to explain to somebody what Leslie West is without using Mississippi Queen, this is a great example. Um, like I said, fat tone, great guitar playing. And if you're familiar with the band version, it's a total somber pulled back ballad and you would not recognize the song sort of like Manford man doing blinded by the light by Springsteen where like you go, how did they even get to this arrangement? This doesn't (laughs) line up at all. That's that. That's the same thing that's going on here with the, with the Leslie West cover of this wheels on fire. So that's my, uh, my cover song of the week. My camera is slowly (laughs) moving downward. Uh, keep talking while I fix this for others for if, if you're into uh, uh, Bob Dylan, by the way, which I I'm sure Jeff Henderson is, I bet you he's a huge Bob huge Dylan fan, fan. huge fan. Uh, Leslie West did a record in 2007. I think that's all Dylan songs that he did this similar type of feel to, you know, the heavy rock and he's got tons of uh, great guests on there. Ozzy's on there. Warren Haynes, um, who else plays on it? It's great. It's great front to back. It doesn't matter who else is on there. Really showcases how fantastic of a voice Leslie West had. So if you're into Dylan and you want rock Dylan, listen to the Leslie West version. Do you see what he's doing here? What Roger? What does he got? Here? He's delivering me mail. <laughs> That's a piece of mail that he's like, hey, buddy, you, you got mail. <laughs> That's hysterical. Dude, all right, you know what? He's too cute. I can't even get angry. What a shock. Jeff Henderson doesn't like Bob Dylan. I'm colored me surprised. Yeah, well, you know. You like good music, but squarely in his mouth. He likes good music, except for he was on here talking about how good Virtual Eleven was. So No, that wasn't him. That wasn't him? No, that was John Byrne. Okay. Well, something tells me this guy would have some uh some opinion like that. Oh, he 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 has opinions and they're all terrible. So um all right, my uh, you're gonna hate me for this cover. Uh oh. I'm not gonna say it's better. I like it as much. I think I know where you're going. No, I don't think you do. So you, there was a NASCAR. I think it was a NASCAR compilation that I, I think it was NASCAR where a bunch of heavy metal bands of the time, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, new metal bands and what have you did cover songs. And I, I, th- I forget exactly where it came from, but I found this typo negative who I love did such a killer cover of highway star by deep purple. It's so good. It's so good. That is not better than the original. I didn't say it was better. I don't but think it's like even it on par. Much. Come on. I like it as much as the original. And the reason why is because they're almost two different songs in a lot of ways. You know, but I like them both equally. I take nothing away from the classic. I mean, Highway Star is such a great song. I'm going to cover that. Took balls. But Typo Negative did it in their own way and made it faster and more aggressive and then slowed down the choruses. And had Kenny Hickey, the guitarist, like screaming over the top of it, which makes it so good. And the story that goes along with that, there's you know the keyboard part and the guitar solo are true to the originals. But here's the thing. Funny, true story told to me by Kenny Hickey. 
So Josh Silver, the keyboard player, played the keyboard part just like John Lord, except he slowed down the tape to do it. But when Kenny played the solo, they did not slow down the tape for Kenny to nail the solo. He's like, I, you had to have, I had to play the whole thing at full speed. I was going crazy. I had to take after take. You know, I had to practice it so long. He's like, yeah, you didn't slow down tape for me. You didn't slow down tape for me. So, yeah, so, it was... It was so let me ask you this is the is the typo negative version of highway star better than the buck cherry version of highway star can't say because i never heard it but the fact that you said buck cherry leads me to believe no buck cherry's version has to suck yeah i i, I mean were they what more high on the cocaine when they were doing it what about know, how I just cocaine. I just realized a couple years ago that they were called Buck Cherry because it's Chuck Berry reversed. Yeah, they used to be called Sparrow. That was their first name, and then they had that's to a it. better name than Buck Cherry. Somebody else had Sparrow, so they had to change it. Well, there but, you go. Yeah, true but story. yeah, I know I always was like, why are they called Buck Cherry? That's so weird. And then yeah. I think it was Gall McCartney one day was like, oh, Buck Cherry, Chuck Berry, and all of a sudden it clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. There you go. So that's my cover. That's Nick's cover. Now moving on to the <laughs> grand finale. I just saw what Gall McCartney Really said, but... question, is either version better than Deep Purple Highway Star 2006? Let uh, me, let's just take a sidebar here real quick and say okay. Deep Purple Highway Star Live at Montreux 2006 is one of the worst things ever released oh okay ever and uh the mostly because of the vocals the band is still cranking and nothing against steve morris i mean he's not richie blackmore but he's an amazing guitar player so deep purple as a unit are killing it but ian gillen it's literally the worst thing of all time <laughs> well great let's make sure we don't listen to that unless you wanna you can listen to it i would check it out. out you know so go did for you, it. Did, did you, you chew, chew on, on lead paint? Chips? What is he talking about? I don't know. I think he's just like trying to find insults that are funny and they're not. So that's all right. He's slow. Um, moving on. This song sucks. All right. You this go first on this one. Song, oh, you're right. I am. And you will probably agree with this. I went with an Iron Maiden song. Ooh. Yeah. And I had a hard time picking only one song off Virtual Eleven. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I was going to I was going to nominate the whole album. Yes. <laughs> for please tell me, please tell me you picked Angel and the Gambler. Oh, that was that was the one I was going to give as an example. Oh yeah, Angel and the Gambler is terrible. It's the worst. Um, but that's not what I went with because picking a song or the album Virtual Eleven by Iron Maiden in this song sucks is like beating up a weak kid. It's just too easy. So I had to go with something a little bit more controversial, a little bit more like, really you pick that one. And I went with something from number of the beast. Uh Oh, and I went with the song gangland. Not a big fan of it. It's just a gangland. Dead man. Tell no tales. Gangland. Just shut up. So shut I'll, up. I'll say this: it is the weakest track on Number of the Beast. It is the For weakest sure. track on that. For album. sure. 
it would be a weak track on most other Iron Maiden albums. If you put it on Peace of Mind, I would have hated it. If you put it on Power Slave, I would have hated it. You put it on Killers, I would have hated it. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but it's still, I mean, they just have way worse stuff than that. They do, but it's, you know, picking something from a classic album, I felt sort of like it was like, like, yeah. Ah. I, I get you. I can back you up on that. Like I said, it's not. It is not their finest moment. But I just is the think, is the angel and the gambler way worse? Oh yeah. Can we talk real quick about how the the angel and the gambler? How could they possibly? Why is that song ten minutes long? Why is it ten minutes long? Like wh- what were they thinking? I who knows. I all blows, I know yeah. all I know is that anything with Blaze Bailey is not good and one of our one of our uh uh somebody on facebook that i'm friends with who happens to might be one of the admins in a vinyl group uh i think he's friends with blaze bailey and went to go see wolf's bane led by blaze bailey and it looks like blaze bailey's grandfather like he looks like his own grandfather and he's he just he, he did not the years were not good to blaze bailey He's I'm played here straight up. He's played a club here a couple of times and I've never went, but from what I hear, he's like a really cool guy. Like he's a really nice guy. And, you know, I don't think he's can really be blamed completely because I mean, we know how it is, right? You get hired into a band, especially a band of magnitude, like iron maiden, you're doing what you're told. You know what I mean? He's, I don't think he's really responsible for that. I think he really got to point the finger at Steve Harris and go, you lost the plot there for a minute. Um, Yeah. And then Jeff goes, it's Iron Maiden. Most of their songs are 12 minutes long. Not until X Factor did they start having those super, I mean, obviously you have Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and there's Seventh Son. There's, there's hits of it, but like Virtual 11 or X Factor Forward, you got like multiple songs that got really long and X factor and virtual 11 have songs that are three times as long as they should be done by nobody who should have done those songs. Like it's angel just... and the gambler is a good example of oh that. Oh my God. That's so bad. Uh, but again, picking anything off that album would be like beating up a weak kid. It's just too darn easy. So, you know, I, oh. I, 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 on the playlist, I don't want to put an entire album of iron maiden and have everybody suffer through it. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. Patty, Patty saying we're slow to the punchlines and Jeff's thanking her for that. But here's the thing. They both suck. So, and we know funny and they are not funny. And I could say that because I have this microphone. So like something, something very funny was you saying, yeah, you know, we need to leave this guacamole behind. I mean, we got so many chips. (laughs) Call back to Nam. Call back to Nam. La Casa Garcia. Hey, let's shout out to La Casa Garcia. Thank you for the food. No thanks for the freaking chips. You gave us a bowl with like five chips in it second time around. We paid like $11 for guacamole and like had to like use our fists to like, you know, eat it. Like, it was, it was a shame. It really was. That was good guacamole. It was. And we shouldn't have left any in the bowl. But they weren't having any of it, dude. No. They weren't still here. Wait, you want more chips? No. They were like, scoop out what's left in the bin there and just give that to them. Lick the bowl. Just do that. Uh, Toilet. Toilet bowl. 
Uh, all right, your turn. This song sucks, and I'm just going to start cracking knuckles. No, I'm going to go, because you just brought it up, I'm going to go with Iron Maiden. Okay. Because that got me going. So I'm But you pick. had something. I had something, but you know what I forgot about were the rules of this, that it's a, that it's a band that is usually great, and then that song sucks. Oh, okay. I had forgotten about those rules. I was just going to give you a song that sucks by an artist that completely sucks, but we don't oh, have to do that. you can give that, too. All right, what were you going to give? I was going to give you Steve Miller, Abracadabra. All right, so Steve Miller doesn't suck. Yes, he does. He's the worst. Suck. He's the worst artist of all time. And no, and not. Abracadabra is one of the worst songs ever recorded it's and not. put on tape. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's pretty not. bad. It's pretty. Can I say here? Let me ask you this, Mike. Can I say Abracadabra is my this song sucks and my cover song of the week is Sugar Ray's cover of Abracadabra, which is somehow better than the original. <laughs> you can. You can. If you really want to, if, if, if it tickles your fancy, go ahead, my friend. Steve, those that know me and those that don't are going to find out very quickly. There's no one I hate on the planet more than Steve Miller. I don't think he has any good songs. I can't stand him. I hate his voice. I hate that he thinks he's Stevie Guitar Miller when he's not even that good. It's it's He's just awful all around. He's the one of the worst people ever. And from what I hear, he's a complete asshole. For people, I can't from speak pe- to that. I can't speak to that. I don't. I, I can't speak to that one. But what I can speak to is that you're wrong about Abracadabra. That song the, is not awful. That song is completely. What about how it, it? First off, what? How about it's Abracadabra? I want to reach out and grab you, and which is just a terrible. I lyric. didn't say it was creepy. I didn't no, say wait, it's not on. valid in the YouTube. The, the with the Me Too movement. I, I'm, I'm not, not talking about. That. I'm saying lyrically, how terrible is that? And then it goes abra abra cadabra, abracadabra, abracadabra. Like it he ru- did, he didn't even need to. Like he felt that it was fine as is. He's so good. He didn't need other words. He's so good. What is he, James He's Brown? So good that he didn't need other words. So like, good. It's terrible. He's one of the worst artists ever. I would tell him to his face that too. So anybody that goes, yeah, but if he came in your store, it's no, funny you he- say that, Steve. <laughs> I would love oh, it. That would, that I would, would be love hysterical. it. <laughs> I I despise Steve Miller. I hate his whole catalog. I hate that I have to hear that Les Paul was his godfather. I hate that he thinks he was part of the San Francisco scene. I hate that he made records with Paul McCartney. I hate everything about him. He's the worst thing ever. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No. I wait. Steve Miller or Creedence Clearwater Revival? Oh, I hate them both, but I think I hate Steve Miller more. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I can spotlight right. a couple a couple uh, CCR songs where I go, well, that one's okay. Like, I like Green River. That's not bad. And I guess lyrically, you got to give it up to Fortunate Son. I hate John Fogarty's voice, but they're still better than steve miller in my opinion I mean, if you're asking me to if you're putting a gun to my head and telling me to pick one i'm gonna pick ccr over steve what if miller. steve miller did a cover of fortunate son oh it would be it would be almost as bad as clutch doing a cover of fortunate son which has already happened unfortunately 
I'm sorry. Look, Patrick Mil- Middlestat, who who's a great customer of ours, he says worst song Steve Miller ever recorded. Yeah, he's a great customer. He's sucking up to you right now. Like, yeah, if I agree with him on the Steve Miller, maybe I get extra five percent. Yeah. No, yeah. he That's doesn't exactly why he's well, saying he doesn't well, believe he's it. Got, he's got he, way better taste than that. He uh, would never. I can't even picture him listening to Steve Miller. You know, we we are going to do one episode, and I will tell everybody here, and in, in, in it's not going to be this month. Um, by the way, we're off next week. Uh, I'll be on the road and I will not be able to get online at all, uh, as I'm running from state to state to store to store. But when we come back, uh, the last week of June, we may have a special guest, but I think sometime in July, I'm thinking we're going to do an entire show of this song sucks. Okay. An entire show dedicated to this song sucks. And we'll just trade back and forth and we'll just make lists. And then we'll take from the audience the four people that'll be watching us while we do this shit. And uh, and we'll just we'll bring it and we'll 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 advertise it for a bit. And this way everybody can be like, yeah, this song sucks. Again, just to let you know, the rules again are a great band but a shitty song. So those are the rules. Now great is relative. You went, oh Steve Miller sucks and the song sucks. But Steve Miller is a is a is a classic artist. I think Nick froze. Oh no, I didn't just freeze. wasn't moving. No, was I wasn't like, moving because I was listening in disbelief to you saying yeah. he's a classic artist. He, to some, he's a classic artist. I mean, well, the guy sold way more it. records than you have. Oh, so what? That doesn't matter whatsoever. Yeah, All these people yeah, we talk yeah. about have sold more records than us. That doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, you keep just saying he's not a, he's only a classic artist in the sense that like, you know, when you were skating at the skating rink, you heard fly like an eagle. That doesn't make it great. I think it does. It makes it great. Well, Wait, somebody's here. Hang on one second. Uh, What's happening, baby? St- Steve Miller is a hero of There's mine no personally. Way. And Kiss modeled their entire existence after Steve Miller. We were going to call it Steve. Remember the uh, one letter too many, so we just went with Kiss. It was much shorter. What about the Craig Gas thing when he's doing Gene and he goes, Now, Paul, let's, if you look, you'll see that the Beatles have stolen everything from Kiss. You want me to give you an example? How many members in the Beatles? Four, right? How many members in Kiss? Four. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Kiss invented everything. Let's just let's just be honest. Especially Gene. Well, you know, I, I come from a background of inventiveness. I invented having sex with many, many, many groupies and taking their pictures. I invented that. Wait, what anyway. is Skull McCartney referring to where he said, oh, God, that was horrible? Uh, he's probably talking about Steve Miller. <laughs> but it had to be something specific because he already said like, what he said it's about It's like 30 or 40 seconds behind the times. Like, oh, I you know, see. Jeff Henderson, this, though, th- this could have fit anything with him. Like, you just, nah, I don't like you. Eh, let me go lick a window. Um, <laughs> he's really good at it. I'll get into trouble for that, I'm sure. Uh, great. Well, that's. Well, what was your actual, what was your Iron Maiden one? Because you said that you were like, well. Okay, so you did Iron Maiden. So, and then you got me thinking, uh, you know, classic Maiden, terrible song. I mean, there's obviously the ultimate example is Quest for Fire from Peace of Mind. That is not a good song. 
in a time when dinosaurs walk the earth. Well, when else did they? Yeah, I, I mean that's time. The, that's the opening line. Yeah. So that tells you all you need to know. I mean, it's like the defense rests. Yeah, that intruder is another one. Yeah, what's that? What album is that? Is that that's on Killers? Number of the Beast as well? No, that's no, you're thinking Invaders. Invader, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Invaders. Uh, great, uh, dude. Intruder is uh, Van Halen. Great uh, bass playing. Great bass playing from yeah, Steve Harris. What Invader? An Invader, yeah, or in, yeah. That tune rules. You're crazy on that one. Listen, I'm going to go listen to uh, The Angel and the Gambler over and over and over again because I hate myself. Don't you think I can save you? What was this move, too, that Blaze Bailey was always doing? It was like a, one of like the worst was... videos on top of it all. Like, not only was the song bad, but the video is like even worse. With like, I don't know, like sort of animated Eddie, but not, you know, and like, I don't know. It was just then, a like, sad strobe era. lights, lots of strobes. I, I don't know. That on that tour, uh, Iron Maiden came to town and they played at Harpo's. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now, there for those you go. of you that don't know, Harpo's holds how many people? 1,500, maybe. Yeah. Did they sell it out at least? I, I think it was packed, but still, it's like, I mean, they had gone from, you know, even on Fear of the Dark, I think they were still playing like the amphitheater. And in three years or whatever that is, three, four years, they were at Harpo's. And I think that's probably when the bell went off that they said, maybe we should give Bruce a call <laughs> when they rolled up to Harpo's and they were like, this is the worst place on the face of the earth. Yeah. When you have to load in with security guards, because it's basically a, a like a battle zone. It is. Oh my God. It really is. And they just don't want to clean it up. No, but shout out to, to Ruse, uh, Roosevelt who owns it now, who's doing a lot of good things to improve it. He's That's got, good. He's got a lit parking lot. He's got actual security there. It's 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 as good as it can be. I mean, he's gun turrets. He, yeah, he put uh, he put new carpet in there. I mean, the place has a lot of history. Everybody's played there. Iron Maiden, ACDC, uh, Gary Moore recorded. We want more there. I mean, it's 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 steeped in history. So I'm glad to s still see it going. But it is go there at your own risk. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> oh, look, Jeff Henderson pointed out something. They have all of Gene's Kiss memorabilia at the Rio in Vegas starting yesterday. I want to go. The reason why I donated everything that I have is because we have the Kiss mini golf in Rio, which they're, is true. They're changing the name from Kiss Monster Golf to Gene Simmons Kiss World at Rio. Gene, the, the entire hotel is going to be called Gene Simmons World of Rio Kiss Vegas. It will make no sense, but people will come by the dozen. Go to Patrick's uh, comment. Very thankful for the brave new world era of Maiden. Absolutely. One of the best. You know, Mike, that's a subject we should do. Best comeback records. That was a good comeback record. And actually, it's a very expensive record. Yeah. Grab that one, too. So um, even the two. reissue now is pricey. Yeah. Yeah. It is. They all are. Um, stop it, millennials. You're ruining the used market for us. <laughs> I used to love going into Amoeba and like for a hundred bucks, I'd walk out with a pile of records like this. Now I go into Amoeba with a hundred bucks and I wind up with a record. Yeah. But you, well, you walk out with a seven inch. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but all right, we're done. Uh, any other questions? No, none. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everybody that stuck it out. Uh, I am Mike. That is Nick. Nick, what store do you have? Rock City Music Company. Located Where is it? 
located in Livonia, Michigan. How do we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media channels, including TikTok. And what time are you opening on Saturday? 10 a.m. 10 a.m., which is an hour early? Yes, that's correct. Normally, we're open at 11. This this Saturday, will be open at 10. Piles of rare used records going out. Like I mentioned earlier, an original pressing of the gold experience by Prince. Uh, Jeff mentioned uh, Dog Eat Dog by Warrant. We got an OG press of that coming out. Tons of Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Sabbath, Guns N' Roses. There's a Guns N' Roses live era hitting the bins. That's an extremely rare LP. Nice. So it's going to be tons of great stuff. Plus, of course, the exclusive titles. And if you're not near a record store, visit RockCityMusicCo.com on Sunday morning and we'll ship them right to your doorstep. What's but left at on least. Sunday, whatever's left. Exactly. Right. All right. Thank you all. Really appreciate it. We'll see you in two weeks and we'll give you a rundown of everything that happened in record store day. And like I said, hopefully have a special guest. Just look and see what his schedule is looking like. But uh, are we here in two weeks or I thought that was 4th of July. No, two weeks we're here. Okay. Two weeks. Um, two weeks is the 29th. Got it. The week after that is 4th of July week, and we won't be here again. So, okay. Because nobody will want to watch us because it's 4th of July week. So, Gene Simmons says goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Enjoy, and thank you. Oh, subscribe and like and all that other stuff.